Hi, ladies, it's Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman, and I am the author of uh, Christian Warrior Woman, A Guide to Taking Back Your Faith, Family, and Future. Well, I am happy to be with you here today because I want to um, talk about something at the root of many of our conversations. And as you've seen, whether you've looked at the nine steps, which I hope you are taking um, those steps seriously to moving forward for success. And why do I say taking seriously? You know, many um, of my friends or, or women or people I've worked with would probably describe me as a confident person. Probably you might think that just because I'm doing this podcast. And it leads us, ladies, to believing that confidence is something you were born with, or confidence is something that's a personality trait. You're an extrovert, and I'm an introvert. And really, confidence has nothing to do with that. So when people say to me, oh, you're so confident, I somewhat chuckle to myself because I don't believe that. And I want to share with you what I think I do that leads to me being confident in areas. And it's something that every person listening today has the ability to do. So I believe confidence is based on experience. Confidence is based on choices. You know, I am in ministry, so you might think, well, confidence is because of your faith. Well, I know a lot of Christian women who are not confident and are not really relishing in the gifts of the Spirit or what God has in store for them. So we can't really say that confidence is linked to if you're saved and have salvation, that you're confident. I would say that's not necessarily true. That's what you should be. That's what you could be. But doesn't mean that a person who knows Christ is confident. Isn't that a little sad? Hmm. You might want to chew on that a little bit. Because some of you will probably say, well, maybe they don't really know Christ. Well, Each of us that are, everybody on this line listening to this and myself, there's an area in your life you're not confident. There's an area that as humans, we have fears, we have worries. And why? Because we have past experience. And so what I want to share with you today is to help you in your prayer time, in your journaling time, I want you to ask yourself about really defining confidence. And I'm going to share with you that it was probably mm, 15 to 20 years ago. I found, I, I mean, even growing up, I found as a young person, I procrastinated a lot. And I procrastinated because in a way, I didn't somewhat believe that the good things I think were possible could happen. And I would say, I, I, I would say that anybody, I had the mouth of confidence. I could say that, you know, we could do this and I can do that. But deep down, I was like, your mouth is uh, sowing seeds that we might not be able to fulfill. And I learned to say it 
Even when I didn't believe it or even know it, I remember when I graduated college and someone said, what did I want to be? And I remember saying, I want to be an executive vice president one day. I didn't say I wanted to be a CEO, but I felt that if I could get to that level, like to me, that was a dream in itself. Now, I wish I could tell you that that was my target my whole career. Not really. My target was advancement, but it wasn't do all, be all to get to that spot. Because I wound up in a field that um, had so many landmines, I was paying more attention to the landmines than to the actual goal. But what I am grateful to God about is I believe in my saying it and believing it that I was owed through my hard work, um, advancement, and fought for those things that when I left corporate, I was executive level with all the perks and great bonuses, and I was an executive vice president. And I say that because there was a pattern of I went from insecurity, not knowing who I was, what I could be, what I was fully capable of. Here I was, a young black chick from the Bronx. I didn't have the corporate connections. There was nobody mentoring and steering my ship in middle management. And, but God was. And so what I, what I want to share is what I started doing that changed my life changed my career, changed my mindset, and just shifted everything toward being successful versus being stuck, versus procrastinating, versus worrying. So if you struggle with procrastination, worry, fears, and you can't seem to get out of the loop, I want to share something with you. That's not only um, a testimony or spiritual, but also something that is actually chemistry, something that has to do with even our mind. And, you know, many times we teach on change your mindset or you go to a seminar that says, oh, let me show you the three things you can do to build your confidence. And if you go on Google, you can find a ton of things. But I want to share with you something that won't cost you anything. Um, and it's simple to do. And I can tell you, guarantee you, that you will have results. Okay? So, are you seated, ready, and pen and paper and able to listen? So, I first want to have, share with you a couple of scriptures um, on confidence because you're going to want to use these when I show you the exercise. So I'll let you write them down. I'll read a couple and some I'll give you that you can look up later. First John 4.17. First John 4.17. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. 1 John 5:14 This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us 
Second Chronicles 32 and 8. With him is only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah, the king of Judah, said. Ephesians 3.12 Ephesians 3.12 In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Hebrews 4.16 um, Isaiah 32.17 And Jeremiah 17.7 And you can find others for yourself that may apply to help you build um, confidence. So let's get back to confidence and the steps of what I'm going to share. So I believe that confidence is a skill, that you can develop the skill of confidence. But confidence begins with areas that I've talked about before, and sometimes you may not know your identity. You may not know all the talents and skills that you have. But in your activating the skill of confidence, I promise you, you will try it. So I'm going to give an example. When I... When you interview for a job, let's use that as an example. I remember um, years ago I was interviewing for a job and it was a great position, great money, et cetera, et cetera. There weren't any women in the role and I didn't have any real connections in the position. And so it definitely was a job that was kind of politically oriented and and so I, I, when I started thinking about it and I was called about the job, I stopped and said, hmm, I started thinking about how, why I wouldn't possibly get the position. And, and as, I, as the wheels were turning on all the reasons that, wow, why would they give that to me? I'm in a different company. Oh, gosh. They don't have any women of color on staff, any women, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I started going down the list in a way, talking myself out of going forward. And I stopped myself because I stated my life had been on a pattern of new beginnings, it seemed. And I said, you know what? I said that in the last promotion I got. And how did I get where I got at this point to be able to even interview for this role? And what I learned in that moment was if I go and I interview and I don't get it, what have I lost? Nothing. I got a trip, I got an interview, I got to meet new people. But what if I do get it? Wow, wouldn't that be a great situation and advancement and start thinking of all the things you might be able to do? And it turned my mindset from thinking about 
all the things that may not work to all the things that can work. Because if I'm on the situation to building, building, I'll call them new chapters in my life, new experiences in my life. What do those new experiences bring? They bring the opportunity to learn. They bring the opportunity to meet new people. They bring the opportunity for me to be successful in a higher level position than where I was. And if I'm successful at a higher level position, then there's somewhere to go from there. And it goes on and it can go on and it can go on. And not only is success in a job situation, it could be in a personal situation. Maybe it's a relationship that you met someone and he's good looking, has a great job, dresses nice. And what do you start asking yourself? Oh, what's wrong with him? Why isn't he with someone? Hmm. Why is he wanting to talk to me? Because you're beautiful, you're talented, you have skills. Do you notice how we start thinking, we start talking ourselves out of it? And so what I want you to do is that we do this in many areas of our lives. What do we start doing? We start um, churning the wheel of fearing failure, fearing that, um, that oh gosh, of doubt, of worry, I'm not good enough. You start getting nervous. You start thinking maybe I don't speak well enough, don't look well enough, I'm not skinny enough etc., etc. And guess what that is? That's a habit that you have created in your life. And it probably started many years ago. Do you notice that you get that same feeling that maybe when you meet someone new that you go into the spiral of all of what could go wrong or all the things that are bad with you or a job or you're saving money and something you're worried about, something bad's going to happen because you've been saving money. But you allow yourself to go into this spiral of what's not working versus putting and stepping into what is possible, especially as women of God in the kingdom. We are kingdom citizens And we should expect kingdom rewards, kingdom blessings. It is so depressing and and stressful to hear Christian women spend most of their time talking about what they can't have, what they won't have, and how wretched their life is versus what options God has given them. And so what are those options? So maybe you have fear, fear of failure. All of us do. Every person alive that begins something fears that, you think this will work? If you start a company, do you think you just start a company and say, oh, I'm going to make millions of dollars? No, you're worried when you make the first dollar, the second dollar, the third dollar. Three months down the line, you're like, wow, is this going to keep going? Or You may be slowly building and you're wondering, is this ever going to take off? But what I want to have you do is shift from 
that mindset because how can you shift from that mindset? I just shared with you that that mindset is a habit. And you're wondering, well, if it's been a habit this long, it's probably just going to be a part of me. I have said this before, knowledge is power. I'm actually doing this class and I've got to do a lot of anatomy stuff and skeletal stuff. And I want to share something with you that I think is so key that even though I broke this habit years ago, I didn't know the psychological and the physiological that was going along with when I'd made this decision and was doing this. And I want to share this with you today. And I want you to do this research for yourself as well. I want you to look up an area, I want you to Google for yourself, basal ganglia function. And this is in your brain, in your cerebral cortex. And let me spell it for you. Basal is B-A-S-A-L. Second word, ganglia, like gang with L-I-A at the end. So G-A-N-G-L-I-A, and then function. And I want to read this to you, the key thing that I want to read. And you can do look into this even more. But the basal ganglia are associated with a variety of functions in the brain, including control of voluntary motor movements. You move your hands, legs, and feet and all that. Procedural learning. When you learn, hey, I don't know about you, you get up, you brush your teeth, you wash your face, you shower, whatever, you put on your makeup, you get ready for work, whatever that may be, or procedures at your job, procedures in getting your children ready in the morning. And then the next word is interesting, habit learning. That is what you have done when you have self-doubt and you have fear and you have worry, you have programmed in your brain a habit that when you possibly view something good or something great or an opportunity and maybe you say, I don't have money or I can't find the money or I'll never be able to do this or I'm not capable, I'm not smart enough. All of those words, I want you to analyze your words. Or do you say the same thing to yourself? about everything good? Do you owe, or is this just a spiral? It's, is it a procedure? Is it a habit that you say the same thing when an opportunity is about to happen? I remember I interviewed for a job, I remember 30 years ago when I interviewed um, for a middle manager's job at PepsiCo. And I remember a man said to me, oh, why would you interview for that job? They don't have any women, and they definitely don't hire any black people. Why would you apply for that? And I looked at the gentleman and said, because there lies the opportunity. And the man looked at me confused, like, wow, you see that as opportunity? I said, yes, because if they have no women and they've been paying men all of these salaries, then they'd have to pay me the same salary that they've been paying men, which is probably pretty good. Because they can't hire the first woman and then pay me less than they've been paying the men. And so then I had a second question from the man. Oh, are you looking for a man? 
Why would you ask that? Well, if you go going to work at a job where there's a lot of men. And I laughed because I was married. And I was like, no, I'm going for the opportunity to be paid a great salary, to have a company car, to have a bonus, and to get paid great money. Who care? I don't care that there's a ton of men working there. I'm married. And that never occurred to him. His first thought was, oh, maybe she's looking for a man why she would want to go work at a company that has a ton of men. So you see the, the, the mindset. My mindset was, I can advance. I can make more. I can do more. So I ask you, when someone presents you with an opportunity, do you go to, I'm not qualified. I'm not smart enough. I'm not cute enough. Oh, I'm not popular. Oh, I'm not confident. Do you go to that? Because if you do, as a description I just read, you have formed a habit, but you can break that habit. And that's what I did years ago. So how did I break that habit? So I learned by watching myself. So not even knowing I was doing my own scientific psychological project on myself that I noticed when something that I thought was good, I would get anxious. And I would say, wow, this is really good. And then I would say, oh, but why? Why would I get it? And then I procrastinate. Well, I don't think it probably would work for me. Then I would delay. And I had an experience where I found out I delayed and I wound up speaking to someone and they said, oh my gosh, if you had applied, we would have loved to have had you, that we kind of settled on someone because we needed to fill the spot and blah, 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 blah. And I remember in that moment that I said that I would never do that again, that I would never deny myself the opportunity for something greater, better, higher, or something that could make me happy. Now, Am I here to tell you that I did that in every year of my life? I wish. Because confidence can be situational. In my workplace, my confidence was high from an outside physical standpoint. But inside, I was insecure. I thought everyone was smarter than me, so I was working on my perfectionism that I have to do everything right. And second of all, everybody wanted me to fail being the only woman all the time. So I overexerted myself, gave myself high blood pressure because I was trying to be confident by being perfect. Being perfect has nothing to do with confidence. It has everything to do with being insecure. But did I know that at the time? No, because I wanted to portray to everyone else in my excellent work that I was confident and a great employee. But what I later learned in seeking God and in understanding all the areas of my life that if you've read the book, you you get a portion of that. And book two is really going to talk about um, things that real people have to do to bring real results into their life. And that is when you have that cycle or that habit or that procedural learning that you have programmed yourself 
to talk yourself out of things, procrastinate, to let fears and worries and doubts that you stop. You stop that thought. That's what I did. What I did was I confronted myself. How did I confront myself? Step one, I started realizing this was a war with me, but was this a war of the enemy trying to rob me of my future because the Lord promised, promises me many great things to those who know and love the Lord. Much is given, much is expected, and there's a lot to do. And what I started doing, one, um, I realized I was struggling with depression as well. Christians can be depressed. And what I started doing was I was capturing and casting down. Not that I knew this, but that's why we have the Holy Spirit. I was casting down vain imaginations. I was casting down doubts and fears, and I traded it for action. You see, one of the things that's so key about faith, faith requires action. And faith can yield confidence because when you take action, and remember, when you take action, you can win. If we want to call it winning or losing, but there really isn't a loss because if you go for something and you don't get it, you've learned something. You've learned something about yourself, but you learn something about how to go about getting the result of success that you want. So I'll give an easy example. Let's use a job interview. Maybe you didn't prepare for a job interview. Maybe you didn't do the research on the company. Maybe you didn't look at their financial statement. Maybe you didn't look at key executives and what they're engaged in. Maybe you didn't look at what are the some of the social causes this company is about. And you go on an interview and you're just thinking, well, I'm a good accountant. I know all the accountant terms and I do a great job where I work. And you go interview. And let's be for real, a lot of interviews, relational, they're relational related. They want to get an idea of not only what you can do, but do you fit personality wise with the corporate culture? And they start asking you, well, tell me um, from your research what you like about our company. Well, yes, I'm sure if you're an accountant, you can give them the financial bottom line piece, but they may be looking for a little something else, a little like you went a little deeper. And so let's say you don't get the job. And then maybe your recruiter tells you, well, they really didn't um, give you feedback. Always, if you ever interview for a job or anything that you're going for, it could be a volunteer situation. It could be a college interview and you don't get it. Always ask for feedback. You know, it could be that you were competent, but they were looking for someone with more X, Y, Z skills. Why do you want to ask? Because you're going to interview again with someone else and you want to know what the opinion was of this person that you had the opportunity. So although you might not get that job because maybe your research was limited to just the numbers and you didn't look at the other things that you could talk to 
that maybe the people you're interviewing with might relate to more is you now know areas that you need to work on. So that when you go to the next interview, that doesn't mean you're going to get that job either. But you'll go prepared knowing, okay, I'll know the numbers, but I might want to know social causes. I want, might want to know um, what new products this company has released, right? And maybe you get the job and maybe you don't. But then there's another opportunity for you to learn. So even though, so do you see that you're still advancing in a relationship? Maybe you meet someone who he's gorgeous, he's got um, a great job, and you're questioning why he's seeing you. Duh. Because I'm fabulous, because you're fabulous. That's why he's seeing you. So why think of all the things that other people have experienced? It doesn't mean that we don't keep our eyes open, but we allow ourselves that we deserve good things in life and God wants to bless me. That doesn't mean that I do things willingly knowing that the result can bring me harm, right? We don't, we don't do things that can result in a bad result. But what we don't do is spiral. So you meet someone, maybe one of the questions you might ask them when you're out on a date. So what was it about me that attracted you? If you need to get your answer and don't give me, well, they'll just make up something. No, you want to know. And you should know. And so what I learned to do was when the Lord or I came up with an idea, I took action. What is the learning about confidence? It's taking action. It's doing, it's moving it. Stop thinking it because what you're doing is overthinking, overprocessing, and that never brings you success. All it does is train your brain that anytime you get a good idea is to just reprogram, play the tape. Your brain says, roll it. Roll that tape for the last 30 years, that 20 years or 10 years that she's played and said why she shouldn't move forward. She can't risk money. She can't risk being happy. She'd rather stand still than go forward. Whatever your tape is, It's going to play. And what I want you to do is two things. I want you to try this for one week. I want you to look at those steps that we talked about a couple of podcasts back about how to move forward, how to bring change, how to start your second act. We can even call this a new chapter if you want. I don't know about you. My life has many chapters. Because there are many things and many seasons that we go through to have different experiences. And you deserve these experiences. So I'm going to give you something that I didn't even give myself. What I gave myself was if I thought it and knew I should do it the moment I thought to procrastinate, the moment I thought to talk myself out of it, I just moved and did it. Win, lose, or draw. 
sitting and allowing my brain to recircle all my insecurities of why I won't be happy, why I won't have it, will keep me locked and frozen. If you listen to one of the other podcasts, it'll keep me frozen in this same place. If I take action and move, yeah, I can lose. I might not win everything I go after. But guess what? I'm certainly not in the same spot I was. And so what I want you to do is that when I want you to take one of these scriptures, and that's why I chose one that had words of confidence, I want you to memorize whichever scripture you choose that makes, that builds up your confidence and choose a new one. Maybe you've had one before, but if you're still struggling with confidence, hey, get a new one if you need to, but try to remember three or four. And what I want you to do is when you notice your mind starting to play that um, recording over from your basal ganglia, I want you to pause the tape. Now, how do you pause that tape? By taking a deep breath. I just want you to shut it down and take a deep breath in, right? How long does it take? Take a deep breath in. I don't know, two, three seconds. And focus on that breathing and breathe out. Maybe for some of you, you might want to do it a couple of times. But what I want you to do is after you take that breath in and that breath out, guess what I'm getting rid of? I'm letting go of all of them brain, them brain tracks that want to play. And then I'm going to say, my scripture, but blessed Jeremiah seventeen seven. Then I will say, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Then you do what you got to do. Then you move forward. The one thing I have learned, the Lord speaks to us throughout our day. When we, I'm not talking about if you all have been slack and not praying, not reading and not communicating with the Lord. The Lord spoke to me when I wasn't communicating as well as I should and when I was. So don't give me that, well, maybe I'm just not close enough to the Lord. You hear that voice because what I realize is the enemy likes to help trigger the replay in my basal ganglia as well. The enemy's like, yeah, yeah, play that tape back for her. And so what I want to do in this deep breath is I want to take in that new thought. And I want to let out those old thoughts with my exhale, right? And then I want to use my mouth to speak the truth, to speak the truth of what I'm capable of that the Lord has a plan and a purpose for my life. And then I want you to move. I want you to wake up in the morning. I don't know about you. I used to hit snooze a million times a day. And you don't want to, because you want to get hold on to that sleep. I don't understand why we think that one minute sleep is going to be so good. All it is is two seconds later, you feel like you're hitting it again. I want you to get up with your day. I want you to use the plan that we have been talking about. And I want you to counter those thoughts that are old recordings sitting in 
that portion of your brain and I want you to create new recordings. I want your new recordings to erase those old recordings because guess what I just told you about that part of the brain. It's procedural, correct? It's also habit learning. So your basal ganglia can learn new habits. It can learn new recordings to play for you. It can learn new words to speak to you so that when you, someone says to you an idea that you think, you know what? I could do that. That you're going to hear the word, the scripture play out for you instead of those old dusty recordings saying, why would you think you could do that? You broke, you old, you ain't cute. Guess what? Those recordings would have been erased because you have, you, I don't know if some of you remember the old cassette days when you can erase the old cassette and record, re-record a new words on the new recording, on the new tape. And then your new tape will say, girl, you should go for that because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And then you will go and you will move. But guess what? That doesn't mean every idea is going to be a yes. Because as you're playing and saying these words, what does the word do to our spirit and our body? It breathes life into it. It breeds wisdom into it. It breeds knowledge. And your connection with the Lord is going to give you, no, girl, that ain't for you. So you can quickly and confidently say, oh, I hear your idea, but that, that's not for me. But I, that's probably for you, and that'll work great. That's where we want to be. We don't want to be frozen, limited, or spiraling in fear and self-doubt. We want to develop the skill of confidence. We want to develop how we trust in, in the Lord and build our faith. Our faith comes from our experiences. When people say to me, oh, Lisa, you have such faith for healing and deliverance. No, I have only faith in it because I have witnessed it. I have been involved in it and I was actively participating to build my faith. When you see the Lord heal those who can't hear or heal those who can't walk or heal marriages or take a homeless person off the street, When you witness all of that, I have no choice but to have my confidence and my faith built. You can't build your confidence sitting home every night. We have to get out and among people to activate the word of God, to know the word of God, to speak the word of God. But we have to speak it and activate it. I know someone that's fairly close to me that knows a lot of word, but she doesn't activate it in her life. And so it's sad to hear people quote scriptures, but then you look at their life and it's like, it's not alive and well in your bones and in your blood. We have to be willing participants. And remember, every human fails. Every inventor, every scientist has failed hundreds of times before their invention, before they invented anything or created anything. Whether it's a company, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's raising your children, we have to build the skill of confidence. It is not something you're born with. It is something 
you have to develop. So you can go off and spend money and go to retreats and try to get people to build your confidence. But until you're ready to take action, until you're ready to counter those um, recordings and behaviors and actions and not feel that palmy hands or get sweaty or nervous and shaky until you counter that with truth. No one can take that from you. Yeah, it feels good while you're there, but you're going to go back home and be the same person. It is something we have to do each and every day. Habits become habits because we do them often and much. So let's start, ladies. Breathing and speaking the word truthfully, praying and moving in the direction of success. Success is waiting for you. You're not, don't wait for success. Success is there. You have to move, gravitate toward it, declare it and make it your own. I hope this recording bless you. Please shoot me feedback as some of you have before. I would love to hear what the Lord is doing in your life. Um, you can connect with me on Facebook at Christian Warrior Woman or social media on Twitter or Instagram or all those other fabulous places. And you could also shoot me a message back here on Anchor or on Apple. You have a blessed evening and tomorrow is a new day to renew your mind and to renew your habits. Because that mind has a basal ganglia. (laughs) Be blessed.